0: And now back to Lifeline with Craig Roberts.
1: Welcome to Healing Habits with Dr. John Duong of the Holistic Health Center. On today's edition, we talk about some of the top six reasons why people are forced to quit work and go out on permanent disability. Well, you might guess what the top two of the six are. Arthritis and back pain and or lower neck pain. In fact, chronic back, neck, and leg pain accounted for more than 264 million lost work days last year alone. If you're one of those, stay tuned. We'll offer some insights on how to finally get the relief you seek. Dr. Dong, when you hear those statistics of how many people suffer from arthritis, neck pain, lower back pain, debilitating to the point where Americans lost a combined total of 264 million workdays last year alone. It's shocking.
2: Wow, that can be solved so easily.
1: Let's talk about some of the steps that are necessary in solving. And then I guess the first step is to first and foremost, ascertain what's the source of the pain? How do you go about determining that?
2: The source of pain, of course, technology will uh, help us to identify the, the true underlying cause of it. But in reality, if you look at like, if, if you have neck pain, um, and then you have an x-ray, and, um, and then your symptoms will be like, if you have a neck problem, your symptoms will be going down to your arm, tinkling, numbness in your arm, or headaches. Look at your x-ray, look at your MRI. Where is the location of the problem? Usually, it's going to be C4, C5, C5, C6. How about in the lower back? It's always the pattern that we have to catch and find out the cause of the problem. How about lower back? The lower back is going to be L4, L5. L5, S1, those are the most degenerative discs, bulging discs, herniated discs, degenerative disc. That's a disc problem. Also arthritis, like the actual bone that is growing. What, is, what does it cause when you're you have bulging discs? It's the stenosis. In the low back, it's more stenosis. It's narrowing of the canal. It's called for our Stenosis, for stenosis, it's narrowing. So bottom line is that the cause of the pain is two things. is pressure on the nerve and on the bone, and then also inflammation of that. So if we have ways to solve it, then we can help a lot of people.
1: To what degree is this sort of degeneration normative as we age and i'm thinking about effects of things like time and age and maybe sports injuries or gravity all impacting us some people sort of resign themselves to the notion that they're forever going to be taking pain pills to address this issue but my impression is that that's not necessarily the right perspective
2: no aging is always part of it we can degenerate very fast or a normal process of aging so that we don't have to live in pain. So the way that a lot of people uh, degenerate faster and they have cruciating pain, pressure on the nerve, um, that going down to their arms or their feet is because of the increasing of the pressure. The loading pressure on the disc so that it just, it degenerate faster, okay? And then the way that we have to solve it is to reducing the pressure on the disc, on the bones, and reducing inflammation. So there's there's way, there's techniques that we can do that.
1: Now, this kind of runs contrarian to, and most people listening that suffer from lower back pain or neck pain, will bear me out on this, that traditionally the approach has been you come in, you complain about where the particular area of pain seems to be, the doctor will prescribe you pain medication, maybe anti-inflammatories, there might be a prescription for a period of physical therapy, and then immediately they jump to things like invasive surgery, fusing the spine, things of that sort. It seems to me, though, that that's an awful quick rush to surgery, which oftentimes can create more damage than it actually occurs.
2: That's why um, a lot of people have the surgery and then they will have a fusion surgery later on. The reason is that you never solve the problem. Your force is still there, the loading force. I keep seeing the loading force, that's creating the pressure on the disc, herniated disc, bulging disc, okay, degenerative disc. If it's on bone, it's going to be arthritis. Extra bone that's growing, okay. That's the loading force that creating the pressure. Surgery would not solve that problem. The surgery would just cut off the nerve, so it doesn't press. Uh, cut off the disc or cut off the bone. It it never solves uh, reducing the pressure. So we need to help the patient to understand how to reducing the pressure of the disc of the, on the bone, so it doesn't uh, cause continued degenerations. Uh, of the person, and then also reducing the inflammations. So inflammation is a cause of a lot of pain. So we have to know ways of doing that. Some examples of inflammation is like people with diabetes, the chance there will be inflammation that will be affecting their low back. Autoimmune conditions like psoriasis, RA, rheumatoid arthritis, uh, uh, that's RA, um, lupus. So that's the inflammatory process that causes inflammations that d- can degenerate. Um, Your spine faster.
1: So, in your practice, is it frequent to discover a patient who comes in complaining of chronic lower back pain or neck pain that maybe has been diagnosed with degenerative uh, discs, and then you find out after a thorough examination that there are other things that are contributory, like you mentioned, things such as arthritis or diabetes?
2: Now we are living in a toxic world. So, yes, that's always the case. It's not just the low back anymore. It's also the the eating habit that's causing it, the disease that's causing it, other diseases causing inflammation, like I said, immune system. Now people have a hard time like sleeping. They have a hard time like going to the bathroom, constipations or diarrhea, the brain is inflamed. So there is, is multiple things that cause the inflammatory process. So we need to find ways of helping the patients to reduce inflammation, eating appropriately. So now they can fix the pain in the neck or in the back or any, in any part of the body.
1: So you're really taking a step back then and looking at multiplicity of potential causal forces that are all contributory toward the patient's complaint, my back hurts. But there's oftentimes a lot more going on behind the scenes. And sadly, and quite frequently, doctors fail to fully diagnose this or if they diagnose it, Medicine is the only answer they have to try and cure it. You have some procedures that you've developed down through the years in a holistic approach that not only harnesses healthy lifestyle healthy living, healthy eating, but modern technology to help relieve a lot of the causal forces and ultimately lead people into a pain-free lifestyle. Talk a little bit about your approach and using many of these non-invasive, non-surgical procedures to offer people a life free from pain.
2: The only way that we can solve chronic conditions is your own body. You have to heal from within. That's how you fix the chronic pain. Or any chronic disease that you have is yourself, your body. How do you fix the bodies? Okay, like let's let's get me in in an example so that uh, the audience will understand. If you have um, low back pain, herniated disc bulging, discernosis that uh, that give pressure on the nerve, it can go down into your leg, or it's just at the back pain only. Or I've even have patients that I don't have back pain anymore. I just have a leg pain or numbness numbness in in, Mm -hmm. in the hands or in the feet. Okay. So there's this issue. So now what we need to do is that we need to find out where, what's, the reason, what's the reasoning behind it. So you need to take a little history, understand is there a loading force that's causing the degenerative, the bulging disc, the stenosis on the neck and on the lower back. The neck is what, C4, C5, C5, C6, lower back L4, L5, L5, S1. Okay, So the, those are the area that we're looking at. Is there's a loading force on it? The x-ray, the MRI will always confirm that for us. So we know the area of the loading force that's causing the issue. Second, that we need to understand the person. There's way that you need to find out is that are you going to the bathroom frequently? You th- that's the way that you detox, right? You have to look, help the patient You understand they're sleeping. And you have to understand the oxygens. Oxygens makes the body more alkaline. That's chemistry right there. What do you do frequently to reduce uh, the loading force? Do you have a healing habits? Is the habits that you need to create to reduce that pressure. So I developed a two-pumps exercise that I ask my patients, whenever you feel the loading on your back or on your neck, what you need to do is that you need to do this exercise to reduce the pressure immediately so it doesn't build up. The pressure do build up. That's why you degenerate. Why do you degenerate the low back? It's not just one time. It's throughout the years that you caused the herniated disc, bulging disc, arthritis on the the back. So you have to have a healing habits of that. And And when a
1: patient comes in then for your consultation and for a thorough examination, it's really a multi-point then exam. You're looking at not what's only going on within the arena of pain, be it the lower back or the neck, but then counting every other potential contributory factor.
2: Yes, of course. Anything can contribute. In. The emotion can, can contribute in your muscles being tight. So it's a uh, multiple approach how to help the body to heal from within. So understanding the body, understanding where's the weakness and then supporting the body so the body can heal. We talked about technology. Technology is just wonderful. Like we have the five-point therapy. We have the latest technologies in terms of reducing the pressure on the lower back, allowing the disc to heal, having the white nutrients into the disc and heal, reducing the pressure. Um, and then there's also the like lasers, uh, cold lasers um, technology that's helped the patients to heal better. But it's the white approach, it's the timing aspect of it, the experience, and then also working with the patients, guiding the patient so that they can feel good the key words i would say to the patient is that the therapy that we do you have to feel good the exercise the habits that you create you have to feel good when you feel good your body's be more relaxed when your body's relaxed that's how your body heals
1: can you estimate for us doctor how many patients that come in complaining of chronic back pain lower neck pain arthritis who have been on medication perhaps for years to try and mitigate some of the pain go through your procedures, begin to implement these daily healing habits that you've spoken of, and then are able to eventually become not only pain-free, but painkiller-free? Any idea what the percentage looks like?
2: My patients, when they do exactly what they said, their success rate is tremendous. And I prefer not to give it numbers because I'm not God. I don't do the healing This the patient. When the patient is doing their work, my coaching their success rate is tremendous because I believe the body can heal itself. And the patients, when they follow through the process, their success rate is going to be very high because their body can heal from within
1: there's such a high percentage of people today that are frustrated with living with chronic debilitating pain every single day that not only perhaps impacts your ability to to live, to enjoy life, to even engage in performing daily tasks. If this describes you and you're at wit's end, there's a very special offer that Dr. Duong is offering at this moment through the Holistic Health Center. If you call today, Dr. Duong is offering a $47 consultation for the first eight callers who qualify, and all you need to do is call 510-818-1668. That's 510-818-1668. And Dr. Duong, I understand that this complete examination and consultation that you're offering for only $47 is typically a $287 value.
2: Yes. I want to see if I can help you and yet you have been living in pain for a long period of time, so now is the time to find out is there a solution to solve your chronic pain.
1: And the good news is you don't have to live with pain anymore. To get more information, again, the telephone number to call is 510-818-1668 that's 510-818-1668 for a limited time Dr. Duong is offering a $47 consultation for the first 8 callers who qualify so call today the holistic health center at 510-818-1668 that's 510-818-1668 also lots of wonderful resources and teaching videos available online at Dr. DwongLive.com. That's Dr. Duong Live.com. Doctor, we appreciate you coming in today and we hope for all of our listeners that more and more they'll begin to develop healing habits.
2: Thank you.
0: And now back to Lifeline with Craig Roberts.
1: It was the morning of September the 11th the sky was unusually clear, and the weather pleasantly warm that Tuesday morning. It was the first full week back at work following summer vacation and the long Labor Day weekend.
3: For New Yorkers, the day began, as most days begin in the Big Apple, up early, kiss the kids goodbye, maybe grab a cup of joe or the Wall Street Journal at the corner market, then off to catch the subway.
1: And if you were one of the 50,000 who worked at zip code 10048, the World Trade Center, you struggled to push your way through the crowded subway platform to make it to your office on time at World Trade Center 2.
3: When you arrived at your office on the 86th floor at 8.35 a.m., you sat down and looked out the window to marvel at the incredible view across to Tower 1 and then glanced down at a picture of your family on your desk.
1: Little did you realize when you left home that fateful Tuesday morning That for you and nearly 3,000 of your co-workers, the prestige of working at the famed World Trade Center would suddenly, and with no warning, turn into a towering inferno of death and unprecedented destruction.
0: Start
4: coming, just looking like it's sideways. At first, we thought it was just going to try to miss it. Bang. Right into the middle of it. I don't know if I'm going to be able to take them. I love you so much. It, it's as if you drew the outline of a single-engine airplane onto the building. But there are at
5: least
0: some windows out. Here's another plane. Just two This is not an accident. This is beyond the pale of understanding. There are
6: thousands and thousands of people fighting for their lives right now. Two airplanes. Have crashed into the World Trade Center in an apparent terrorist attack on our country. an American Airlines plane uh, headed east down over the pike, possibly toward to the Pentagon. The roof is collapsed. There is a chasm in the side of the Pentagon that is probably. 200 or 300 feet across. There was a tremendous explosion that rocked my car and the cars around us. All that we know right now is that two airplanes struck the two large towers
0: of
4: the World Trade Center. We spoke to the White House. There also apparently was an attack on the Pentagon. All elevators are out in both towers, according to the rescue workers on the scene. They put out an urgent call for Scott air packs because they're climbing smoke-filled stairwells. The plane has just completely collapsed. The whole side has collapsed. The whole building has collapsed.
3: All firefighters and
7: officers should report to duty. You are needed.
4: This is the nightmare that we have been warned about for years. The FAA has shut down the airs over America. If there's a plane up right now, it will be targeted by military, uh, Air Force, and F-14s. Oh, there it goes. There it goes. There it goes. There it goes. The second one just went... Both World Trade Centers have been destroyed. Now, a moment of pause for us all to consider the lives in these buildings and the family members that are that are waiting to find out uh, how far this damage has gone. Law enforcement has taken a huge hit as people who rushed to the scene. The building would have been full of firefighters and emergency rescue people and police when it collapsed. And I'm just going to add to the chaos and the trauma of the day by saying that a large plane has now crashed... Uh, about 80 miles southeast of Pittsburgh. The thousands and thousands of deaths that will have been caused
8: by this, it is not a question of a score or a 100 or 200, but
4: thousands and thousands of people are dead. Please pray if you are a praying person.
8: This conflict
6: was begun on the timing and terms of others. It will end in a way and at an hour of our choosing. The spirit of this nation will not be defeated their twisted and diabolical schemes. To those who say that our city will never be the same, I say you are right. It will be better.
7: America.
6: Whether we bring our enemies to justice or bring justice to our enemies, justice will be done. I have a message for our military be ready as long as the United States of America is determined and strong this will not be an age of terror this will be an age of Liberty here and across the world the course of this conflict is not known yet its outcome is certain freedom and fear justice and cruelty have always been at war and we know that God is not neutral between them. Every nation and every region now has a decision to make. Either you are with us or you are with the terrorists. We will not tire, we will not falter, and we will not fail.
0: And now, back to Lifeline with Craig Roberts.
1: Welcome to 10048, After the Fall, a Celebration of Hope, a Lifeline special report. I'm Craig Roberts.
3: And I'm P.J. Oliver. We'll pause to remember and pay tribute to the lives that were lost on that morning in September 2001.
1: Not since the December 1941 bombing of Pearl Harbor have Americans had to memorialize a loss of such suddenness, ferocity, and magnitude. Today, we pay tribute to those who died even as thousands of survivors gathered to remember at the World Trade Center site in New York's Manhattan, the Pentagon in Virginia, and at a lonely field in rural Pennsylvania.
3: At this time, Americans still wonder, what happened on that fateful September morning?
5: 13. That's a 10-4, we got a 10-13, we got a second tower down. Move away from the tower, everybody move away from the tower! Everybody get away from the tower, you got another tower that just came down, 10-13. Where exactly are you, King? All non-essential personnel, move away from that collapse. Non-essential personnel, collapse. And we got another explosion on the tower, 10-13, 10-13 at. So the second tower collapsed. We it's got a second climbing. tower collapse at this time. Get the building out. Get all the freaking cops away from the building. What's wrong? We're out of there. Units, remove yourselves from the location. I have such first. remove
6: yourselves from the location at this time. We got another tower collapse. Another tower collapse.
8: My name is Noel Maitland. I work for Ladder Company, 15, Lower East Side, New York City.
1: Come out now. All, right, all
5: units stand by. Ladder 15 and Ladder 15 only. Go ahead with your message. Ladder 15, you have a message? What other unit calling Manhattan?
8: My fellow firefighters and I arrived at 10048, the World Trade Center, just as the second tower collapsed. No streets, only caverns of destruction, filled with sections of I-beams, aluminum facade, dust, paper, mud. Buildings surrounding what will become known as Ground Zero are gutted and burning fiercely, with hundreds of broken windows ripped open wide by flying girders. The command system is shattered, and there's a chief yelling orders from atop a rig. Every man seems to be from a different unit. Most lack basic equipment. We start stretching hose lines to control fires in the acres of rubble and pass stretchers and breathing masks and forcible entry tools over the girders just to try and rescue trapped firemen. Later, I find my company, Ladder 15, at a staging area where they've set up chairs outside the shattered windows of an office building's backside. It's eerie. It's like some war zone Israeli cafe. After a few hours of waiting orders, we split up to look for work. I find a large contingent of firefighters and policemen on the south side of Tower 2's remains snaking a hose line into the rubble's smoky darkness. I search for victims under the wreckage, but uh, there's no sign of anyone. From time to time, the smoke lifts, little, showing six stories of uncollapsed steel girders and concrete flooring looming overhead. I keep searching, making mental notes of what girder I'll duck under if the rest of the building gives way men shout for relief at the end of the hose line, and I follow the line into the intense heat and choking smoke. About a half hour later, I reach the end and offer to take the nozzle, but the nozzleman refuses. I ain't going anywhere till O'Malley comes back, he yells. You know, by tradition, a company keeps the nozzle until the fire is out and firefighters from the house are safe. I, uh, I help feed in the hose and start back to get some tools. And suddenly, I feel sick and dehydrated and Hundreds of hands steady me as I clamber over rubble and down ladders that the brothers have laid across the steepest section. In the triage center in the firehouse across the street, oh, the nurse. She seems like an angel with IVs. Before I fall asleep, I start thinking back on that afternoon when firefighters and construction workers fired up earth moving equipment, started clearing the street. And O'Malley
1: never returned. In the days following September 11th, many have asked, where was God? God still tolerates evil and will someday show His judgment. Meanwhile, He will show His mercy to America in ways many will not realize.
3: 50,000 people work at the Trade Center. On that Tuesday, 2,800 were killed. That means 94% escaped.
1: 23,000 people work at the Pentagon. Of those, 123 lost their lives. That's a survival rate of 99.5%.
3: American Airlines Flight 77 that hit the Pentagon had a capacity of 289 passengers. But on that Tuesday, only 64 were on board. 78% of the seats were empty.
1: American Airlines Flight 11 that hit one of the World Trade Center towers had a capacity of 351 passengers. That morning, it carried only 92. That means 74% of the seats were were empty.
3: United Airlines Flight 175, which hit the second World Trade Center tower, had a capacity of 351 passengers, but only 65 were on board. The plane was 81% empty.
1: United Airlines Flight 93, bound for San Francisco, could carry 289 passengers. When it crashed in rural Pennsylvania, only 45 were on board. Flight 93 was 84% empty.
3: On Tuesday, September 11th, Nearly 75,000 Americans were potential victims of Islamic terrorism. More than 95% survived.
1: As we remember the terrible events of September 11th, let's not forget to give thanks to God for His mercy shown to America in a tragedy which could have been far more severe. The Bible tells us we must in everything give thanks, for what was prevented was by... His mercy.
5: When a sparrow falls, when a baby cries, when a child is lost, when a loved one dies, God is there watching. God is there watching. When the innocent play and the guilty go free, and there's a cry for justice, but none to be seen.
9: God is our refuge and our strength. A very present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear. We know firsthand that nothing can replace the loss that was felt yesterday. And that only time and love and prayers can begin to heal the
5: wound. When a nation falls down on its knees, cries for mercy, prays for peace. God is there watching. Oh, God is there watching.
6: God, look down on America, look down on New York, look down on Washington. We ask your blessing be upon the President of the United States, the leaders of the Congress
5: and all of the members. When Satan comes to spread his lies and love his heart for compromise, We cannot
6: explain
9: what's happened. We don't have that capacity. Then how can we console those who've suffered so much
6: through the loss of friends and loved ones? Yes, our
9: hearts go out to them, but it's not enough for them or for us. Tonight, let us open our hearts. So that Almighty God may dwell within us, so that our actions are His actions, and let us believe in Him, so that our dismay is replaced by His strength. Hello, I'm Franklin Graham. The events of September the 11th will go down in the history of this nation as maybe one of the most tragic events in all time. And we think of the loss of life, not only in New York and in Washington, but on the aircraft. Our hearts are saddened. Uh, We cannot help but to be angry that this happened to this nation of ours. But I hope, and really my prayer, is that the events of September 11th won't be a, a root of bitterness in the soul of America. But it's my prayer that this nation will once again turn its eyes toward God. That we will put our faith and trust in Him and in His Son, the Lord Jesus Christ, who came out of heaven to this earth 2,000 years ago to die for our sins. And we know that if we confess our sins and repent and turn to God in faith, receiving Christ into our hearts and to our lives, God will forgive us and cleanse us of our sin. Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes unto the Father but by me. There's no other way that we can have that assurance of going to heaven. There's no way we can have that assurance of our sins being forgiven unless we come to God through Jesus Christ, his Son. And it's my prayer that this nation will once again turn its face to the living God, that we will confess our sins as a nation, that we will repent, and once again we will follow him We have a great history, but in the recent years we have turned our back on God. We have taken God out of our schools, we've taken Him out of our government. Different organizations are quick to sue any time you mention the name of Jesus Christ or you offer a public prayer. And as a result, we have taken God out of all of our public life. We need to put God back in. We need His laws governing this land. Our money. Our coins say in God we trust. But in fact, in the last 50 years, we put our faith and trust in our economics. We put our faith and trust in our 401ks, our stock portfolios. This nation needs God. We need His help. We need His leadership. And we need to trust Him. Let's pray. Our Heavenly Father, we pray for this nation. And we pray that the tragic events of September 11th, will go down in history as the time that America turned its eyes back to God and once again followed the God of its forefathers. And so, Father, we confess our sins to you and we ask you for forgiveness. And, Father, we believe that Jesus Christ is your Son who died on Calvary's cross for our sins. And, Father, today we pray for our president. We pray for all of our leadership that are elected, that are appointed, And Father, we pray that you'll guide them, that you'll direct them and lead them. And Father, we pray for all Americans around the world, that they'll be safe. And Father, we pray for the church of Jesus Christ around the world, that they will be bold and that they will proclaim your name and lift up the name of thy son, the Lord Jesus Christ. Father, we thank you for the freedoms you have given to us. We thank you for the privilege of living in this great nation, And, Father, we pray for this nation, we pray for its people, and we pray in the name of thy Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. You're listening
1: to 10048, After the Fall, a Celebration of Hope, a Lifeline Special Report. You're listening to 10048, After the Fall, a Celebration of Hope, a Lifeline Special Report.
3: Undoubtedly, the events of September 2001 will go down in the history books as the single most horrific event ever suffered by Americans.
1: Not since the Cuban Missile Crisis or the assassination of President Kennedy have Americans felt such a sense of vulnerability. A majority of Americans, 56%, share the belief that September 11th had a bigger impact on America than any other major event in the last 50 years.
3: A recent Knight Rider poll disclosed that while events such as Watergate, the Vietnam War, and the fall of Soviet communism ranked high, none matched the impact of last September. Lieutenant Colonel Ryan Yantis was there at the Pentagon. He's the public information officer for the United States Army. He's actually from here in Northern California. He was in the sixth quarter of the Pentagon and the plane struck between the 4th and the 5th. Lieutenant Colonel, what was it like that day?
4: Well, before the attack, it was a fairly normal work day. Uh, We had seen the footage, uh, seen the the TV, and and, uh, witnessed in that media uh, the attack on the World Trade Center. Uh, About that time, we knew that uh, it had shifted and it wasn't an accident. It was uh, pretty much an attack and and an act of war against our country. There wasn't a great deal of, uh, of panic. As a matter of fact, there wasn't panic. It was people resolved and getting busy trying to figure out what we could do to send to New York because we realized that in that situation there was a, a very strong likelihood that uh, the emergency services of New York would need support from National Guard, Army Reserve, and Active Army uh, for casualties and for recovery. Uh, I was heading to a meeting to talk about what to send in New York uh, when the Pentagon was hit. In actuality, I, there was no physical manis, manifestation that I noted. Uh, there was no, nothing that I could hear or feel to, that told me that the building had been struck. And uh, it, it was a, almost a surreal moment. Uh, we were told, Pentagon's been attacked, there's been an explosion, Evacuate. I think the thing that's probably most prominent in my mind is a female officer came up and said, you know, pretty bluntly, give me your t-shirt. So I stripped off my uh, my uniform blouse and took my t-shirt, and she took it, stuck it under a hose, got it wet, wrapped it around her head, and went back up to where she was in line on the search and rescue team in case she got back in the building. She just wanted you know, a <laughs> cold, wet cloth around her head so her hair wouldn't catch on fire. And, the salient point in that is she was wearing a skirt and high heels. <laughs> and you know, that's just one of those things that I'll probably never forget. Um, saw a great number of people doing that sort of thing. Very common sense, very pragmatic, willing to put themselves at risk, and um, trying to help their colleagues or coworkers and other people who were in the Pentagon. Personally, um, on many levels and in different ways. Um greater appreciation for my family my co-workers um, it's reminded me of many things uh, as to why I joined the army and the things that I find important and that quite frankly I love about our country um, it's also cut away a lot of the chaff and a lot of the um, the issues that are unimportant to the survival of our country uh, and our way of life if it's If it's not part of our core competency, if it's not part of what makes us Americans and it's frivolous, I don't really have a whole lot of time for it. Um, I've been enjoying a lot of good quality time with my, my daughters and my wife, and I just have to keep that balance of, you know, family and what it is that I do for the Army and our nation. Keep those things in balance.
1: You're listening to 10048, After the Fall, a Celebration of Hope, a Lifeline special report. Well, that's going to do it for this edition of Lifeline. Thanks so much for being with us. And if there was anything you heard on today's show that you'd like to hear again or share with a friend, Grab a copy of the Lifeline podcast. Simply log on to KFAX.com. That's KFAX.com for the Lifeline podcast. Our producer is Wanda Sanchez. I'm Craig Roberts. Till next time round, remember, just don't keep the faith. Get out there and share it and make it a great evening. So long.
0: Opinions expressed in the preceding program do not necessarily represent the views of the ownership, staff, or management of KFAX.